Hi, my name is Gil, and I hate my body. I didn't always hate it, but I was trained in church to see the physical as inferior, weak, and a source of sin. In the culture we live in, I learned that my body is not in good shape. That because I gain weight easily, I must be lazy or defective in some way. All of the ads and shows that I see and saw told me about my imperfections and how if I just get this product, everyone would overlook those imperfections. This messaging, this narrative deeply impacted my own ability to see and understand whether or not I was lovable. When Melody and I, my wife, first, before we started dating, Melody started by dropping some not, some subtle hints. Those didn't get through. And she started dropping not so subtle hints. Those didn't get through either. And some of the women in my church sat me down. There were three of them who lived around the corner from me, and they invited me over, and they said, Gil, we need to have a talk about Melody. And they sat on a sofa and sat me down on a chair on the other side of the coffee table from them. And they said, Gil, you know that Melody really likes you? And I said, oh yeah, Melody's a really good friend. All three of them in unison um, facepalmed. And they figured they had to use some smaller words. So they said, Gil, Melody is in love with you. They couldn't believe my cluelessness. But it wasn't cluelessness. It was my own self-image. Didn't I didn't see myself as worthy of love. You see, when I look in the mirror, I don't see what you see. I see a fat, out-of-shape, messed-up body. But that is not the only narrative out there. And I would argue is not a truthful narrative. And I want to believe a different narrative, but on my bad days, I still can't quite bring myself to believe it. But that other narrative starts at the very beginning. In, on the sixth day of creation, God saw all that had been made, and it was very good. I wasn't trained to look for or see the goodness in creation, the goodness in human beings. To see that we're not just bearers of the image of God, but are made in the image of God. 
that we are amazing works of divine art. This was such an important part of the Hebrew narrative, the goodness of, of humans being created and how amazing that was and how wonderful human beings were made to be, that even in Deuteronomy, they're looking for something to compare the awesomeness of the Exodus to, and they have to go with creation of people. It says in Deuteronomy 4, 32, for ask now about former ages, long before your own, ever since the day that God created human beings on the earth, ask from one end of heaven to the other, has anything so great as this ever happened? Has anything so great as the creation of humanity ever happened, or has its like ever been heard of? Now that's a different story to tell. That is the source of the early friends talking about seeking out that of God and others. When we look at these words that are in the Hebrew Scriptures, we're drawn to the Psalms quite often and the story of David and how, frankly, messed up he was. But he says things like, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? And that half-truth that half got really emphasized for me. You know, what am I that God would be mindful of me? This is the voice that we hear in our own head, and it's a half-truth. Because the very next verse in Psalm 8 says, Yet you have made them, referring to humanity, a little lower than God, and crowned them with glory and honor. Crowned us with glory and honor. Honor? That's a different story. One that I'm trying to wrap my head around. In a world filled with trauma, it's easy to lose sight of the goodness, the beauty, and the wonder that surround us, that look back at us from our mirrors. When I look at the mosaic screen of our meeting for worship via Zoom with your beloved faces, I see the divine staring back at me. I see a multitude of God's image. But it's so much easier to talk about the multitude, huh? To talk about humans in general as being made in the image of God. and The hard part comes in translating that to specific people. It's really hard for me 
to apply the words of the psalmists to myself. Like in Psalm 139, a very familiar, familiar and highly quoted passage, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I wish I could echo that sentiment. So I'm trying to teach myself to see myself in that way. To see myself as wonderfully made. So in the mornings, when I'm going through my normal routine, brushing my teeth and shaving, I look myself in the mirror in the eyes and I say to myself, you are wonderfully made. Because I need to do that to counter, frankly, the lies about myself that I believe. It's extremely challenging for me, especially after my accident and ongoing recovery, to see this fragile bag of bones as something worthy of all. But it's true. You are a work of divine art. Think about that for a second. I am a work of divine art. It's so hard to see ourselves as works of divine artistry. But each of us is, and each of us bears the imprint of the divine artist. So how the heck do we apply this? How do we recognize the divine handiwork in ourselves? How do we not reject our own bodies and not internalize all of the external messages of self-hatred? I think about the ways James talks about the tongue and the way we use it about those who bear the image of God. And I wonder for us if the biggest difficulty isn't in the way I or we speak of others, but in the ways we speak and think about ourselves. I would contend that our ability to express love is limited by the ways we think and feel about ourselves. And to be frank, during these times of COVID, I have to say the people who bear the brunt of this for me is my own family. wouldn't be surprised if all of our homes were in some ways emotional hothouses because of the continuous proximity we have. But what might change if we look in the mirror 
and see works of divine artistry. And use our tongues in ways that magnify that artistry. Paul, who some of us can struggle with at times, actually takes this idea even further. In his first letter to Timothy, he's talking about, of all things, marriage and food. And he concludes his stuff by saying, For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected. Everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected, provided it is received with thanksgiving. And that's in 1 Timothy 4.4. The struggle for me, then, is how could I possibly be able to receive myself with thanksgiving? And I'd love to hear your ideas on this, because I think this is something like we all struggle with in one way or another, and getting ideas on how to address this within ourselves, it'll be good to hear your processing around this, too. But how do we then rejoice in being alive, breathing and walking the cool green earth, seeking out the divine artistry in ourselves and others? As we wrap up our time and move into open worship, I have some queries for us, and I'm going to include a query that was given to me um, when we met, since I'm re-recording this. What do I say to myself about what I see in the mirror? Are there things about myself I overlook when I'm self-critical? Can I look myself in the eye in the mirror and say, I am wonderfully made? How can I receive myself with thanksgiving? Take some time and sit with these queries. In that light of the divine love that knitted you in your mother's womb.